All right, we are going fast and furious now, sprinting to the NFL Draft later this month on the Best in Class podcasts. All kinds of position breakdowns coming quickly. And, of course, uh, JoeBucksFan.com draft guru Sean Sullivan is leading the way. He'll have articles on players at JoeBucksFan.com as well. But today it's quarterbacks on the Best in Class podcast. Enjoy. It's all presented by Bill Curry Ford, a mile north of the stadium, Tampa's first family of Ford. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Best in Class with Sean Sullivan coming to you live from Bill Curry Ford Studios in Tampa. So excited to be with you guys. I look forward to these podcasts all week. Got lots of stuff to go over uh, for you, but sponsor break. Tampa Bay Inferno, female NFL football. So excited. Grace just told me before the podcast that the owners, Jennifer of the Tampa Bay Inferno, asked me to do a coin toss for one of their games. How cool is that? Super cool for someone who's into football like myself. So Go Tampa Bay Inferno. Their season starts at the end of April. They're going to be um, a winner because, you know what, Tampa puts out winners. So very excited about that. Obviously, I said we're coming live from Bill Curry Ford Studios in Tampa with the new construction going on. Our new show will be open hopefully by April 16th. You'll be able to come see at least 75% of our new showroom as the rest of our building starts because it's a long construction project to finally give Tampa what they deserve in a state-of-the-art, amazing facility, parking garage, valets, private executive rooms for when you're working. I mean, we went all out. The Currys have spent a a lot of money to give Tampa a a premier purchasing opportunity for new and used vehicles with a lifetime warranty and servicing and parts and body shop. You will no longer need to leave Tampa to get the best deal on a new Ford vehicle. So very excited about that. Obviously, email me at bestinclass at BillCurry.com or gthomas at BillCurry.com. Let's get you a car ordered because right now I'm paying $150 right now to get you uh, in the order bank. No deposit necessary. Let's get your new Ford 12 weeks out. Comes with a lifetime warranty, 10-year roadside assistance, and I give you $150 of gift cards just for doing that. You can visit us at BillCurryFord.com. You can see all of our current specials that we have on over 200 used cars in stock, all with a lifetime warranty, which is amazing. Please see my staff. They'll, give, they'll fill you in all the details. You can visit our website. I actually have a commercial built just for the used car warranty. It's amazing. Please watch it. Trade in, right? So right now, your car's never worth more than it is right now. So if we wait till next year, if you wait till the market to change or say, hey, I feel like the new car or used car prices are too high. Listen, it's all relevant, right? So if the price of a used car or a new car is higher than what you're used to, you're also getting a higher amount for your trade-in. So really, in the, in the end of the day, does it really matter? It all washes out for both of us. So we need to keep business moving. And then if gas prices are squeezing you, don't worry. I have so many uh, electric, hybrid vehicles, smaller engine vehicles come in, and I will make that trade happen too. I will take all the big gas guzzlers in. I love them. Those are my trucks. Don't worry. Trade them in. Your big expeditions, your, your trucks, your Yukons, your Cadillac Escalades, your Super Ds, whatever it is. If gas is hurting you right now, come to Bill Curry Ford. Email me at Best in Class. I will help you out of it, get you into something that's more affordable for your family, for gas prices. Don't worry about it. I will handle it. Okay, so follow us at Bill Curry Ford Tampa, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Here we go. I'm going to start by reading a long, amazing, and I say long because obviously for me to write this many words, I consider this long. Maybe for some people it's not. But a wonderful email that was given to me by uh, Leopold Stotch, who's a big uh, Green Bay fan who listens to the podcast, also a Tampa Bay fan. And I'm going to read it, and then we're going to get right into our QB breakdown for the 2022 draft. 
It says, hey, Sean, listening to the podcast right now, but I had to pause it at the Packers part. As your resident Wisconsin Bucks fan, I do need to tell you that the consensus around Wisconsin is they're getting really sick and tired of Rogers' drama show. You were 100% right. I love this guy already, right? Because he knows I'm right, right? So you are 100% right that he's a choke artist. I've been a stout defender of him. However, because of the team's lack of interest in free agency, at this point, it's all on him now. He literally only has an old Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, who pretty much is, is, is not really a starter in the NFL, and a bunch of no-names. I had a meme regarding the situation, which I will attach. I will not share the meme with you, but it's, it's really funny. Regarding Adams being traded, I saw a report with a quote that, to paraphrase Adams, was a bit betrayed that Aaron got the big deal before him. Also, that basically the only people who didn't know Adams was going to be traded was the media and the fans. So Rodgers knew Adam was gone. Even though the Packers threw more money at Adams, he wanted to reunite with his Fresno State QB uh, car and play with his hometown Raiders. I'm really digging into the articles you're posting on Joe Buck's fan about the draft process. You're the only credible guy I have ever seen so far. I love that. Thank you very much, Leopold. I really do put a lot of effort in it. Since the national guys don't really do a deep dive on this team, case in point, the draft network mock draft has uh, wide receiver as its top need for the Bucks. So same with offensive line. It's a little frustrating to see, so I hope you see more content from you. You will 100% more, uh, see more content from me as long as uh, Joe and Joe continue to publish my, my articles. And again, that was from Leopold Stotch, a fan of Joe Buck's fan and the podcast, which I love. I posted an article on Jordan Davis, defensive tackle out of Georgia. Got some really great feedback on it. I was very interested that a lot of people think that he might not fall to 27 because he's the top-rated run stopper uh, in the draft and he is considered to have some pass rushing skills. My thought process on this is really simple. He might fall in the draft, and the reason why I think is because he's a part-time player. At his size and weight, he is going to be a guy that plays 35, 40 snaps a game. He's going to be in a rotation with other defensive tackles. And my only thought was, if you're, if you're going to pick a guy in the top 15 of the draft, do you pick a part-time player or are you picking a full-time player? That's why I think he might draft. Because Jordan Davis, to me, is a luxury for a championship team like the Bucks. That's a pick that we can come in, unlike what Ira Kaufman says, who I love Ira, obviously, but he doesn't believe that rookies are big contributors to championship teams, which I can give you. The podcast isn't long enough for me to tell you how many players make an impact on teams. I mean, does the Cincinnati Bengals make the Super Bowl without Jamar Chase? Of course not. Right, so, the, so does Kansas City still have a quarterback in Patrick Mahomes if they didn't fix that offensive line? They had three rookies on their offensive line. But anyway, not to get into a long thing, but rookies make up the NFL. That's why I love my podcast. That's why I pitched it to Joe Buck's fan that rookies don't get their enough due, and that's why I love the draft. But uh, I, I hate with a passion Aaron Rodgers. I think he's a, a whiny, me-first guy. You took $55 million from your $200 million salary cap. Good luck filling the, the rest of that in. You're a choke artist. Every big playoff game ends with you sitting by yourself in that NFL combine room uh, waiting to get drafted. So anyway, thank you for, for the letter. And I'm not going to get sidetracked in Aaron Rodgers because I could talk about him for 30 minutes about uh, how, how much I, I dislike him. And I was a big Brett Favre fan. So um, if, I, if you can like Brett Favre, you should be able to like Aaron Rodgers. But you, you just can't because uh, Aaron Rodgers is just whiny. Okay. Let's um, dive down deep into the QBs for the 2022 drafts. Now, obviously, the Bucks are not going to be drafting a QB first round. Let's hope not. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. But I think for the fans and people who are interested in the draft, I think it's very important that we do a deep dive into the QBs. So let's talk about, let's say, the top 10, right? So I'm not going to go past the top 10 because I, I really don't think it matters. I mean, for, for every Russell Wilson, you know, I can give you 25 million other quarterbacks 
that aren't drafted. For every Tom Brady in the sixth round, right? I can I mean hundreds of examples about guys that don't that don't work. So we're really going to stay in the top ten. So let me read them off to you. So these are in no particular order with Malik Willis out of Liberty, Matt Coral out of Ole Miss, Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh, Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati, Sam Howell out of North Carolina, Carson Strong out of Nevada, Jack Owen out of Notre Dame, uh, Bailey Zappi out of Western Kentucky, uh, Caleb Elby out of Western Michigan, and Dustin Crum out of Kent State. Those are basically the guys that all the scouts are talking about being the top 10 quarterbacks in this draft. Okay, so let's break into the actual individual players. What I'd like to do in this particular case is explain to these to you in the quarterbacks how I perceive the quarterbacks to be right now. I can't predict five years from now if Malik Willis is going to be Michael Vick. I, I can't possibly know that. It, it would just be just talk for that. But what I can tell you is who I think is the most NFL-ready, and, and that's how I did this order. The guys that I think can step in right away and start for an NFL team and, and be competitive, like a Mac Jones. Like last year, I talked about Mac Jones until I'm blue in the face. Well, guess what? You know, he won 10 games and went to the playoffs. So do I know more than scouts, Grace? You think so? Of course. Thank you. Thank you for that. But probably not. But what I do have is common sense and I'm eager and I'm passionate about it. So I don't overthink this stuff either. So, you know, I think some of these scouts really put them uh, out. So my number one quarterback is Kenny Pickett. He is a senior out of Pittsburgh. Let's go over some stats on him real quick. So he played three years, started three years, his senior year, 334 completions for almost 70%. So he threw 500 passes, almost completed 70% in college, which again, is a huge meter of how uh, a quarterback is accurate. And by the way, Kenny Pickett's the most accurate quarterback in this draft. 4,300 yards passing, 8.7 yards per throw, 42 touchdowns against seven interceptions with a long touchdown of 67 yards. I absolutely love Kenny Pickett for several reasons. And, it, and I'm not going to talk about his hands or any of that stuff. He is 6'3", all right? He's 217 pounds. He's not a small guy. You know, he has the double-digit thumb thing, whatever, whatever. So... Can he throw a ball? He threw the ball in college. He wore a glove. We, everybody's heard this stuff. Forget all of that nonsense, okay? Because those are all the things that are used to bring down someone, right? Let's talk about the positives of Kenny Pickett. So, most accurate quarterback in the 2022 draft, Kenny Pickett. On throws under uh, 25 yards, intermediate routes, he is perfection. Basically, his pro style is going to be that intermediate route, kind of like what the Washington Redskins run currently and some West Coast uh, stuff. And Carolina is going to use this this guy too. So if you if you look at it this way, he is the most pro-ready guy right now. If you're drafting in the top 10 and, and you're going to try to reach for a quarterback, why not reach for a guy that is ready to start day one? And I think that Kenny Pickett is. I think he has the leadership. I think he has the accuracy. I think he doesn't turn the ball over. I think he can absolutely run, which is a very, you know, no one talks about how how good a, a mobile quarterback he is, but he is good. So let's talk about what, what he believes of himself. So he is being interviewed, and basically Kenny Pickett comes out and he says this. If you look at how the game now is changing, I'm a mobile guy that came into a West Coast pro-style system. I started in a program that was 5-7 and seven the first year I was in it. We left as the ACC champions. At 11 and 2. So I know how to win, I know how to process, and I know how to get there, and I know it's not going to be easy. That's a quote from Kenny Pickett talking about his draft status and why he feels like he's the number one quarterback. And let me just tell you what I love about Kenny Pickett was his pro day. And I talked to Lee DeKemper about this, and Lee isn't big on pro days because 
who doesn't do well on their pro day? Well, I personally don't think it's about doing well, kind of like similar to how I explained the NFL Combine. What I do believe it's about is the coaching that you get on your pro day because coaches are asking them to do certain things that are, that are not scripted. Like, so Kenny Pickett threw 75 passes before his scripted passes at his pro day that were instructed by several teams, including Carolina. So basically, I love the fact that this guy takes the coaching. I loved the placement of the football. It's, it's just effortless with him. And, you know, they, everybody's worried about his hand size. That ball is zipped, right? He has terrific zip on the ball. It's a really tight spiral. 20, 25 yards down, he's throwing these intermediate routes on time. He reads defenses extremely well. He's the most pro-ready guy, right? So if I'm going into this draft, I need a starter. I'm Carolina. I need a starter. I need someone to compete with Sam Donald. I'm the Atlanta Falcons. You know, am I really going into this uh, with Mariota as my starting quarterback? I, I don't know. Washington signed uh, Wentz. Wentz is probably going to be four games in before somebody like Matt Corral or Kenny Pickett takes his job. And then you get to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you're like, okay, Pittsburgh guy, Pittsburgh Steelers looking for a quarterback. They're looking for a mobile quarterback that's accurate. Kenny Pickett fits everything that Mike Tomlin's trying to do. So we'll see how that goes um, for Mike Tomlin. But he has his, he has his favorites. My second quarterback in this in this draft is going to surprise some people. But I've been so impressed with Matt Corral, the QB out of Ole Miss. He's 6'2", 212 pounds. His senior year, he uh, completed 262 uh, passes out of 386 for almost 70% completion, 3,349 yards, 9 yards a throw, basically 20 TDs, 5 interceptions. Now, what you don't see compared to, to Kenny Pickett is the touchdown numbers. Kenny Pickett comes in at, like I said, with a, a much higher touchdown, 42 touchdowns versus versus uh, 20 touchdowns. So huge difference as far as throwing touchdowns. But I was super impressed with a lot of stuff that Matt Corral was doing. Now, he didn't, he didn't really come to the combine because he had an ankle injury that he, that he suffered in the Sugar Bowl, uh, which he played in, and he doesn't regret it. I, I read some interviews where he said he does not regret playing for his team, which the same thing Kyle Trask did, the guys last year with, with Florida. So I thought the way he was running to his right, throwing um, down the field accuracy on those intermediate throws, which we just discussed on Kenny Pickett, that Matt Corral was absolutely on the money. The, the ball is fast. The ball comes out uh, incredibly tight, like on a spiral. I mean, he looks like a machine when he was out there. I was so impressed with him. And I'm like, man, I w- I've got to go back and, and watch some of his old Miss tape. You know, he plays in that West. He's going to play in the West Coast offense. He's very accurate. He definitely fits the Washington Commanders um, offense. This is something that came from the Draft Network. And, and this came from uh, one of their writers. And he was like, he has a quick release when he delivers the football, which I just said, helps him get the ball out quickly, mesh with the perimeter and the run-pass option game. He also does a good job of changing his arm angles to get the ball out due to his lack of elite size. So I'm looking at all those things, and I'm like, wow, that's that's a really great breakdown. And I, I, I like the arm angle thing. He is 6'2". He's not... He's not super tiny at 212 pounds. I mean, when you watch him in his pro day, he's, he's thick all the way through. The ankle injury, I think, was a fluke. I mean, he was not a, a, a greatly injured um, person in college. So I, I feel like he has a lot to offer. His, two, his 2020 uh, season, very interesting. 71% completion percentage, 3,300, almost identical to his senior year, and threw 29 touchdown passes and had 14 interceptions. But what's really cool... It's his senior year. He learned to protect the ball better. So 
Matt Corral, I think I think a lot of people are sleeping on him. I know that Chris Sims thinks that he's the best quarterback in the draft, but Chris Sims also thought that Tom Brady was the 19th best overall quarterback uh, of all time. So I don't really know what to think about that. So, But I personally think the way I saw him move, the way I saw him throw, I think that Matt Corral is going to surprise some people with where he's picked. All right, so going into my third quarterback, it's a really a toss-up for me. I, I have to go with Desmond Ritter. So Desmond Ritter is going to be my third quarterback, and I love this kid. He's a senior. He's the only four-year starter in this quarterback class. His senior year, he threw for 65% for 3,300 yards. Very similar uh, passing yards to Matt Corral. He threw for 30 touchdowns and eight interceptions. He passed. He he posted the fastest 40 of at the quarterbacks of um, at 4.49. Uh, it's one of the fastest ever recorded for uh, a quarterback uh, in, in the last few years, which I thought was super interesting. If you hadn't seen the Pat Mahomes running the way they do the simulation with Desmond Ritter and they did Pat Mahomes and they did Mariota running at the, at the combine, it's actually pretty interesting. It's on YouTube if you want to watch it. I think this guy is the fastest climber in the draft because he started out as a second round pick or third round pick and then he moved up in the second round and now they're moving him possibly into the lower of the first round possibly the Detroit Lions at that pick 32. The re- and I thought it was really interesting about his his rushing numbers. He he did ha- add another six touchdowns. Um I I don't think he's o- like he's fast. I didn't feel like he was overly shaky like like some of these other quarterbacks and I'm going to go through some other ones that are just I think better runners. But I don't know if if there's a quarterback that you could put into a system right now like the Pittsburgh Steelers with Desmond Ritter. If you put him in the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think he's a starter from day one. Uh, I think he's a four, four-year starter, took Cincinnati to the playoffs. I see so many positive things. I just don't see superstar with this guy. Is this guy Dak Prescott? Is, Des Pre- is, is Dak Prescott a superstar? Or is he an above-average QB with superstars around him that, you know, that help him? I'm not sure. When I do that evaluation of Dak Prescott, do you feel like he's a top five or top ten quarterback in the NFL? But everybody would want Dak Prescott on their team. I'm thinking that Desmond Ritter's very, very similar. He's one of those guys that you're going to fall asleep on that's going to put up stupid numbers, and he's going to put up wins. And he has a family already. He's settled down. He's ready to go. He's ready to devote his life to football. He won everyone over during the interviews at the uh, Combine. They said he was the most mature person that they talk to as far as life, goals, family, you know, God, football. So I was like, man, if I was interviewing this guy and then I put the tape on for four years and I can see that the fact that he has progressed every single year and he played championship football last year, Desmond Ritter is a hard guy to pass on if you need a quarterback. So let's let's round up the top three so far. These are the guys that I believe could play day one and start. Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, Desmond Ritter. Okay. So let's go. As far as the next QB, obviously it's going to be Malik Willis. Everybody talks about Malik Willis. He's the he is the star of the show right now. He was the star at the Senior Bowl. He was a star at the practices. The coaches really like him. He's built like a linebacker. He's only six foot, two hundred nineteen pounds. The ball comes out of his hand like a cannon. But what what I struggle with on Malik Willis? Let's just go over his senior year numbers at Liberty real quick before I even tell you why I, I have a tough time with this one. 207 uh, completions on 339 attempts. That's only 60%, right? Other QBs are much higher. 2,857 yards at Liberty, right? That's all he threw for. 27 touchdowns. He threw 12 interceptions. And 
his accuracy. So this is what really bothers me. During his pro day, I didn't feel like he was very accurate with, with nobody in front of him. And I felt like he didn't have good touch on the ball. He was basically a one-read guy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to – very similar to Lamar Jackson, who turned out to be an MVP of the league, but which is terrific. But I, I just don't compare them two because I think Lamar Jackson's a better thrower. But – what I find, what I think you're going to find with this accuracy is accuracy is very difficult to improve in the NFL. Ask Josh Freeman. It's very difficult to improve. And I'm going to read you something that Kyle Krabs, and Kyle Krabs is a guy that I really love listening to. I love listening to his draft um, breakdown. He is the head scout at Draft Network. Um, this is what he does for a living. I really like his breakdown. And I, I, this is one of the things I want to read to you. The irregularities with touch and pass are, are, are the biggest barrier to consistent ball placement. Too many of his throws are unnecessarily hot in the shallow areas of the field and eat up his receivers. Changing the tempo and pace on his throws in short intermediate areas will help boost his completion percentage. But he hasn't shown any consistency to any area of the field in this. Bucket throws down the field are awful, driving long when he doesn't need to put it on a rope. Then intermediate routes too often miss high and wide coming in stride, creating ball security issues. But when he's throwing on the move or asked to drive the ball with heat, he has a gorgeous stroke, and he has thrown the ball his share of dots. So basically what Kyle is seeing is exactly what I was seeing with his accuracy. Yes, does he have a strong arm? Yes, can he run? Is he built like a linebacker? He checks all those boxes. Can he read defenses in the NFL? He's coming from Liberty. So he's going to – this is a developmental guy. He's not going to come in from Liberty and go into a pro-style offense to say like the Pittsburgh Steelers – and be able to pick it up right away. I don't see it. If he does, congratulations to him. But his ac accuracy does not improve in the NFL. And if, if he doesn't learn how to put touch on the ball and he's going to try to force everything in, it's going to really limit what he can do as a quarterback. He's going to have to run more. And we've seen that. It's like Kyle Murray is a combination of running and passing where he has touch and he can throw the long ball. Lamar Jackson's really worked on his throwing motion and that's really improved on driving the ball down the field and I, I really love what Lamar Jackson has become is Malik Willis a Michael Vick type um, where with the strong arm and Michael Vick was had a very tough time developing any kind of soft touch or or back shoulder throws that he really struggled with where he's gonna read the first two if it's not there he's gonna start to run I'm not quite sure what Malik Willis is but here's what I do know if I had a starting pro franchise I don't think I would start him from day one um, I don't think he's NFL ready. I think what all these guys are talking about is can this guy, like the Detroit Lions at number two, are they going to take Malik Willis, sit him on the bench behind Goff? That's a possibility. I mean, that could happen. I've read that on several occasions that that could happen. I myself, I struggle with these quarterbacks from small schools that don't play in the SEC, that don't play in the Big Ten. I, I struggle with the guys that don't have championship experience, that didn't play against Alabama and didn't play against Florida, didn't play against Clemson, didn't play against Oklahoma. I mean, it's a big jump. You have to be such a special athlete to jump from Liberty to starting Monday Night Football for the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Eagles or something like that. This is a huge jump. So that's my opinion on Malik Willis. So again, Kenny Pickett. Matt Corral, Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis, and let's go on to my next one. This is a guy I think that a lot of people are sleeping on, and that's Sam Howell out of North Carolina. And I know that Lee DeKemper and I disagree on Sam Howell because uh, Lee doesn't like him very much, and um, he doesn't feel, uh, after watching him last year, that he did a very good job. Now, 
he had a much better uh, junior year than he had a senior year, and that was because he had a lot more NFL talent around him in his junior year. But let's look at some of his stats, right? In 2020, he completed almost 70% of his passes for 3,500 yards, almost over 10 yards a throw. He threw for 30 touchdowns, and he had seven interceptions, okay? Senior year. Now, this is after losing his top two wide receivers. And by the way, uh, Javante Williams, who's a star for the Denver Broncos, I called it, and Michael Carter, who's, who's uh, a starter for the Jets. He lost both of his running backs and both of his starting receivers for 2021. He completed 63% of his passes, 3,000 yards. So he dropped from 10 to 8 point yards a carry, I mean, for a throw. He threw for 24 touchdowns and 9 interceptions. But here's what's interesting about Sam Howe. Not only is he one of the most accurate quarterbacks in this draft, super accurate, I want you to look at his running numbers. Now, the junior year where he had all the NFL talent around him, where he was almost 70% completion, threw for 3,500 yards, 10 yards of throw, 30 touchdowns and 7 interceptions, he only ran for 146 yards on the ground. Okay? Let's flip this to his, to his senior year. And this was my point to Lee Kemper. His senior year, he had nowhere near the talent. Remember, lost two starting NFL running backs and two wide receivers that are playing in the NFL right now. In his senior year, of course, his passing stats dropped. But watch how he, he, he said, okay, I don't have my receivers. I don't have my running backs. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to run 183 times for 828 yards. 828 yards. He almost rushed for 1,000 yards, guys, in a 12-game season. All right? And he had 11 touchdowns on the ground. And if you watched him in the senior bowl, guess what he did? He ran all over the damn field, right? The guy, not only can he throw with touch and he could throw the long ball, he probably throws the best long ball of anybody in this, in this draft. And I'm not saying the prettiest, and I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying location-wise. He puts enough air under it to really uh, let his receivers do their job, which I really loved about Sam Howell. But you got everybody sleeping on this guy. He had the fastest throw at the NFL Combine, 59 miles per hour. That's faster than any other quarterback threw, harder than any other quarterback threw, 59 miles per hour. He's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in this draft. He showed that also an impressive senior bowl with his practicing. He throws probably the best deep ball, and you saw that at the Combine. It's just perfect with enough air under it. Every, and it they were just catching it, and very Matt Corral was very good too. Uh, and then, of course, Malik Willis was throwing it out of the, the arena. But that's not the point. The point is what's catchable in the NFL. And Sam Howell throws one of the most best catching balls. And he can also run for 828 yards. I'm telling you guys, don't sleep on Sam Howell. Someone's going to get it. They talked to me about this guy. His NFL comparison is the number one overall pick of the Browns, uh, Baker Mayfield. And everybody's down on Baker Mayfield right now. Let's not forget that Baker Mayfield played with two serious injuries last year, including a torn labrum, that everybody's down on him. Is he as good as Deshaun Watson? No, he's not as good as Deshaun Watson. Is Baker Mayfield a starting quarterback in the NFL at an above-average rate? Yes, he is. I don't like the fact that they compared Sam Howell to Baker Mayfield right now because everybody's down on Baker Mayfield. Had this been last year, you know, this would have been a much bigger uh, story. But Sam Howell is my sleeper in this draft. I think he's going to be a lot better than people think. So let's go through the order that I have right now. Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, Isaiah Ritter, we have Malik Willis, and then we have Sam Howe. So those are the guys that I wanted to talk about. Grace, where am I on time? All right, so 30 minutes is enough time. for I've taken enough of your guys' time to go over this. And uh, please visit me at PillCurry4.com. 
our specials. Let me buy your car. Let me sell your car. It doesn't matter which one of us is the customer. Either one's fine with me. We have our construction going on. We, are, we now have the Tampa Bay Inferno. We are the lead sponsor for them. An NFL franchise for all female athletes starts at the end of April. I'm going to be giving away tickets to the game for some of my customers, which I can't wait to go to these games. I'm going to be doing a coin toss for that. Please keep sending me your emails to bestinclass at billcurry.com. Please continue to leave me reviews. I will continue to post stories on Joe Buck's fan until the draft on some prospects. Please look out for my new uh, prospect, Leal, out of Texas A&M. Leave me your comments on that defensive tackle. I hope you enjoyed uh, the QB breakdown of who in the Sean Sullivan best-in-class order. And I think of who is the most NFL-ready right now, not the guy with the biggest ceiling, not the guy that projects five years down the line, the guy right now that if you're an NFL GM, you can you can draft and know that he can win games for you. So we'll see how it goes. That's why I love the draft. It's exciting. You know what? You never know what you're going to get. You hope you get it. You hope you you've done your job for it. All right, guys, enjoy your ride home, and I hope you enjoyed Sean Sullivan best in class. I'll see you guys next time for a breakdown of wide receivers.